0: Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you joining along and coming along with me on this ride as we continue to learn how to gain more opportunities in our personal and professional life. If you don't want to miss any future episodes, we release every single Friday. And the easiest way to not miss an episode is to make sure that you have subscribed or followed... The learned opportunity podcast on spotify apple podcasts or wherever it is that you find your podcasts that's the easiest way to keep in touch and to make sure that you're not missing some of our great guests that we have on this season of the learned opportunity podcast today we have kristen campbell and i just really had a great time talking to kristen And Gwendolyn joins us with this one as well. And we just had a great time talking to Kristen, who is in Edge Mentoring. She'll talk a little bit about her role in Edge and then also what Edge is. But Edge is focused on whole person development. And Kristen goes over what whole person development means and some of the things that come with that. As well as we talk about raising your hand when opportunity does Present itself when an option presents itself that it matches your values. Having the gumption to raise your hands, that's a story that Kristen Campbell has for herself. Uh, we, of course, talk about mentorship in this episode. And we also talk about how you need to advocate for your own personal development. Other people are not necessarily going to know what it is that you are wanting, what it is that you are pursuing. Or the dreams and desires that you have for your life, what opportunity is for you? Other people might not know that. And so you need to learn how to advocate for your own self development and for your own opportunities to come. So, once again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform. But here we go, we're going to catch up with Kristen Campbell. Hi there. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. My name is Daniel.
1: And I'm Gwendolyn.
0: And we're here to help you gain some opportunity in your personal and professional life. And today we have Kristen Campbell with us. And I'm really excited to have Kristen with us. We are both, me and Gwendolyn, a, a part of this. Mentorship organization that is in Indianapolis, although it's not Indianapolis exclusive, that it sets people up with mentors for their professional life, also their spiritual life, their personal life, all around mentorship sort of groups. And Kristen, you work for Edge, right? What it, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It would be interesting if I said, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, I just totally oh, corrected well. you out of the gate. Be <laughs> the shortest podcast episode you've probably ever recorded. <laughs> but yeah. A little bit about Edge. So just as you described, so we are a whole person development organization. Mm-hmm. Our, really, our mission is to connect generations in meaningful mentoring relationships through that channel of whole person development, meaning... You were created to show up as your authentic self in every space that you go to. We believe people grow better in community. That's what God made us for, to be in relationship with him and with other people. So we have opportunities for individuals that want to grow in every area of their life and to be authentic. We pair them with other individuals with similar goals and similar life stages, and we also match them to a mentor to complement their growth. And we've been doing that for officially now about five or six years. Unofficially, the first group started in about 2011, 2012. That really spurred on this desire to create something larger once the one group of males that was meeting continued to just add more and more. And the data at the time, millennials being the only generation, or excuse me, the youngest generation in the workforce, the scary millennials that nobody knew what to do with, (laughs) And And I don't, don't. they still don't, but I think Gen Z now has just completely almost paralyzed them and given them a tremendous headache, but recognizing that almost 80% of millennials said that they did not have a formal mentor in Mm -hmm. their lives and looking at studies from Deloitte around millennials saying that 50% of people don't even have one close relationship outside of their family. If you think about your own journey and your own story and the structure that you had all throughout your life, whether it was like your school or your sports team or any type of community engagement that you were involved in, at some point there was that drop-off. There was that graduation, there was that elevation into adulthood and there was the void. And Mm -hmm. you were propelled into figuring out who you are, and who was coming alongside you. And for a lot of individuals, they are still in the space of trying to figure out who am I and who's with me. And so what we're trying to do at Edge is to be that safe space for people to show up, be accepted exactly where they are. We are a Christian-based organization, but our mentees come from all walks of life. So we believe that people were created on purpose and by a purpose. But if people have questions or they're searching or they're just not quite sure what they believe, Edge is still a space for them because we just really believe that people need people. So my involvement with Edge actually began earlier this year, officially. I came on board March of 2021 But really, my story with EDGE goes back a long ways away. And if you're ready to dive into it, I I can absolutely share. (laughs) Go for it. So two main things that you need to know about me. One, I have always just had a heart for helping people. Growing up, I didn't have that one job, that one career that I said, I want to be a dentist when I grow up. I want to be a physical therapist when I grow up. Maybe the two of you did. And quite honestly, for a long time, I was very envious of people that had that Mm. career that they knew that they were driving after. They knew upon graduation, that was going to be what they were going to pursue. I just knew I want to help people and I Mm -hmm. don't know what that looks like. So it started my career trajectory out of school, really all over the place. So I graduated with sports medicine degree, started working in physical therapy. And around the time of 22 years old, my community of people that wanted to pour into me I didn't have to seek that out. People would Mm. come to me, I think maybe it was because they recognize kid fresh out of college, trying to make it in an industry. We need to support her. We need to come alongside her, guide her, give her wisdom. And so that was so helpful. But once I left and I went to my second job for the Indianapolis Colts, now working in the NFL at 23, now having more responsibility, that really all left. Mm. And whether it's because... Now you're not fresh out of school or whether it's because now maybe you have a little bit more responsibility. So maybe I think you figured it out. What was interesting is really for the last 10 years, majority of my development has been self-driven. So while it's been something that has been really a huge part of my story, it's been things that I have had to seek out. And I truly do believe that two things. One, people are not mind readers. So when I would see somebody in a position that I wanted to elevate to or holding a certain skill that I wanted to get better at, I would essentially lock arms with them and share with them, like, I really wanna grow in this way or here is one of my goals or you're doing this right now in three years, I wanna be doing this. And the reason being is because I truly believe that People shouldn't have to read my mind. That's not the mm-hmm. expectation that I should put on them. And that goes with relationships of all kinds, right? Yeah. Not just mentoring. That's like great marriage advice as well. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's listening. That goes um, with
0: one of the, another guy in my mentorship group. We were just asked what's a great piece of advice that you were given by somebody. And mm-hmm. he said that his dad always said that you don't ever get anything unless you ask for it. And he took that. It's not only just for business, but it is also for relationships. You don't get a girlfriend unless you ask. Right for a girlfriend. Oh, But that's so true. And it goes along with it. Like you're not going to have that community or a mentor necessarily, unless you're asking, or if somebody knows that you would like that.
2: Absolutely. And it really set up so many conversations thereafter, because then when we would meet, they already knew about my growth trajectory. They mm-hmm. knew I was on a steep growth trajectory. They knew the skills I wanted to learn and wanted to possess. So it would probably allow them to pull me into things that they maybe naturally wouldn't have, or divulge information around a specific skill that didn't make sense for the conversation, but because they now had this insight, it made sense. And so that was one of the first things that I really believe is people aren't mind readers. You need to communicate what you need, what your goals are. And the second thing, I really do believe that people have to be their own biggest advocate And we can talk about the need for allies and we can talk about the need for people that are in less represented groups to have the support to elevate them into positions because I truly do believe that. But any opportunity that you can have to raise Mm -hmm. your hand, to throw your hat in the ring, to have that conversation with somebody, to check a box, anything that you have within your control, I firmly believe you have to do that because what you shared I I don't believe that anybody is going to want my own personal development, my own professional development, my whole person development more than I do. They shouldn't. You can't want something for somebody else more than what they want for themselves. So I feel like I have to own this. Like I have to own my own development. I have to be my biggest cheerleader, my biggest advocate. And when I have those opportunities to raise my hand, I need Mm -hmm. to raise my hand. So that leads me into how I landed at Edge actually. So for the last... 10 years or so, I've asked all my male mentors, notice, I've said all my mm. male mentors, can you recommend a female mentor for me? At the time, we didn't have any children yet, but we were married and I said, I really would love to, to walk alongside somebody that has a family, that has a career, that is doing two roles or multiple that I would like to pursue and just to be able to learn from them. And do you know how many people they were able to recommend?
0: Zero? Zero.
1: Yeah.
2: It was like that unicorn that existed, but nobody could be able to point me in the direction mm-hmm. of a female mentor. And Why so do you think that is? From what I've gathered so far with just in my position of edge groups, I think two things. One, I think women do not put themselves in positions to mentor other women because they think that they are unqualified. Yeah. So our mentees range from age 20 to 40. We really have expanded that out. And actually next year, we're going to look into even expanding it out further, but I'll have CEO females in their forties apply to be mentees because they're not sure that they're ready to be mentors yet.
1: To add to that, when I told a coworker who's probably in her forties that I'm in a mentor group, she said, Oh, I want to sign up. And it almost hit me. I didn't know if Edge had an age limit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. as a mentor or a mentee? And she's like, I've always wanted a mentor mm-hmm. and I've never had one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That matches just even from a career coaching and career counseling perspective. These job postings, in order to apply for it and to meet a certain percentage of the qualifications, mm-hmm. men are more likely to apply if they only meet like, 60% right? and women are only likely to apply usually if they meet 80 or 85% right. of the qualifications. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. So we see that about 63, 64% of women have never had a formal mm. mentor because of that. I think time is another factor that weighs in. Not to say that women have more on their plate, Although if you ask a woman, she'll probably list everything on her plate and you'll be like, that's a lot on your (laughs) plate right now. So I think there are a lot of factors within that. But when I was at my previous company before Edge, I just started and I was in a brand new role and I got invited into a partnership meeting with the CEO of Edge Mentoring, Todd Richardson, and I was sitting with 10 leaders in our company. The youngest one, the person that definitely should not have been there. When I look around the room, I'm like, how did I get invited to this meeting? But okay, I'm just gonna be quiet. And Todd is sharing about a brand new program that they're getting ready to launch called Edge at Work. And it takes the mentoring model that Edge Groups has really done a great job of establishing, but it takes it into the workplace. So it's a secular component primarily focusing on personal development and professional development. With curriculum, Designed by Butler and Stanford's Designing Your Life and paired with an advisor. Oh,
0: cool. I didn't know Designing Your Life. That's so fun.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it, that's been a great relationship. And so as he's sharing this, I don't. I'm trying to even put myself back in that situation, but my hand shoots up. He doesn't even call on me and I say, I have been looking for a female mentor my entire career. I've yet to find one. Can I volunteer to go through this program? Mind you, our CEO is in this meeting. All of our VPs are in this meeting. Every, like, department leader is in this meeting. I shouldn't be invited to this meeting. And here I am in the room of 14 people speaking up and saying, hey, this program that you select only a few individuals to go through that has a cost, can I volunteer? Because I've been searching for a mentor this entire time.
1: I have, like, goosebumps right now because... I'm just like feeling that with you. Mm. Yeah. You were like a cry for help, it sounds. So it probably was pity. Yeah, <laughs> But that works. I guess so.
2: Lesson number three, pity works.
1: I didn't mean that in a bad way.
2: <laughs> no, but shortly after my CEO and Todd approached me and said, mm-hmm. we want you to go through this program. We're pairing you up with a female mentor to the extent, this talks about how gracious they both are, to the extent that they got together and they said, who do we want to lead Kristen? Mind you, I had five other individuals in my cohort as well, but it was an individual that they sought out, said, hey, will you please come lead an edge at work group? It's MT Ray. She's fantastic. If you're listening, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. But that was really my first opportunity for a female mentor. And it's because I was invited to a meeting that I really Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been at, but I I took up space and I didn't waste my opportunity even as uncomfortable as it would have been for somebody to say, actually, one, we're not going to participate or two, we are, but we're going to send two other people through. So maybe we'll see what happens the next cohort. If you're still interested, they put me through. And so there was a reward there and like minimal risk when you really Mm -hmm. think about it. I already didn't have this thing to begin with. So there was like no loss aversion. It was just something that maybe... I would just have to trudge on through and continue searching. But that developed a relationship with Todd Richardson, and he became a mentor in my life. And when the pandemic hit, our cohort launched. So great time to launch anything when the pandemic hits. And I was seven months pregnant at the time. So my company goes virtual. I'm about ready to deliver a baby. I'm now in this edge at work cohort. So there was a lot going on at work. I had our son Max. I returned to work full time, completely virtual and ra- and having our child at home. So if that doesn't cause like a little bit of a panic actually thinking about it right now, I'm starting to twitch. <laughs> because to say it was like hard and exhausting would be probably an understatement. And my company was again so kind and so gracious to continue to work with me, but our my husband and I our prayer all along was just Lord please put me in a situation that would allow me to be the healthiest wife and mom possible, the healthiest physically, the healthiest mentally, the healthiest spiritually. Because of every role that we can take on in our life, there are certain ones that God has specifically designed you for. And for me, I knew it was wife and mom. Those are the only two roles. I am not replaceable in this life. Everything else I am replaceable. Mm. And so we just continue to pray through that and Shortly after the new year, 2021, Todd approached me with this brand new role that they were starting and said that he wanted me to lead it and talk about like divine opportunity to the point where, and I probably shouldn't even be saying this on a podcast that people are listening to, but to the point where I didn't have an interview. He approached the board of 17 Mm -hmm. people, said, I want to request that Kristen leads this program, takes this role. And I started in March and it has just been such a blessing and it has just fully solidified I think what happens when you take up space when you advocate for yourself when you put your neck out there you raise your Mm -hmm. hand up high it's risky it's vulnerable completely exposed so scary but the rewards are also so great and I think that's the same with mentoring right with relationships Mm -hmm. the prompting that you have to fill out a questionnaire on a website, to surround yourself with people that you don't know, to be vulnerable, to be exposed, to potentially have that risk. But the upside could be so great. And so the work that we're doing with EDGE and the mission that we have to just really connect people together and provide that space for them to show up and to be authentic and to belong is really, I think what we're all craving as humans is for somebody to see us, to make us known, to hear us, and to value us because of our past and because of our future. And I'm just so passionate about that. We could talk for a long time <laughs> about the mission of EDGE, but that's how I came to be by raising my hand and saying I need a mentor and I guess the rest is history.
1: One observation is it seems like you have an eye to know when that moment is to stand up and raise your hand and say I've never had a female mentor or <laughs> for like other people I'm sure have their own fill in the blank there but any tips for anyone because it sounds like mm. the way you're sharing opportunity is a combination of two colliding things so in the one hand it's The environment, maybe the situation, Mm -hmm. the setup of the room that you were even invited. And then in my next hand coming up, it was the alignment that you also then created opportunity. Some opportunity was started and then you brought your own too. But that takes an eye to see when do I shoot up? Mm -hmm. So any tips for anyone or anything that comes to mind of knowing when that moment is? Or is it just an instinct? I don't know.
2: (laughs) I think you have to be so clear on why Mm -hmm. you are wanting to do something like you Mm -hmm. have to have such a drive. You have to have such a motivation. It has to truly be so intrinsic. I think too, also probably recognizing when somebody is putting something out there, whether it's like an opportunity, um, when they start to talk about, when people start to talk about millennials specifically, or when they start to talk about like a certain subset and it pertains to you. So for Edge at Work, it was emerging leaders. And so I recognized, okay, I am within the age range of an emerging leader. I'm 30, I was 31 at the time. I'm 31. They're talking about millennials. Check, I'm a millennial. They're talking about wanting to increase females into leadership positions, check. And so I think it's like Mm. recognizing the audience that they're going after Mm. and saying, this is me and why can't this be me? Mm -hmm. Because I think at the end of the day, when people are approaching these conversations, they also want to win. Like they also want, if you're putting your hand out, you want somebody to grab your hand. And so there's a need that needs to be met and why can't I fill it?
1: You are almost already having the eye of a leader to be able to even maybe see that then Mm. to know there is a hand that in their perspective, even that they need someone to partner with. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what I was thinking too, is why would they not say yes to somebody who is so excited about the thing that they are excited about Mm -hmm. and trying to push and pursue? That's the exact person that you want in that position.
1: I think, I don't know if you're wanting an answer, but we all just get distracted or we get this is the goal, this is what I'm going for, and maybe Kristen doesn't check that box or that's mm-hmm. not what we imagined or we have these rules that we need to follow or we need to meet these strategic objectives and the mm-hmm. list could go on. Mm-hmm. We're all just distracted, whether from good or bad things, and it's hard Yeah, yeah. to for sure. note for le- both leaders and then also – for you in this situation, emerging leader to recognize those signs. Mm-hmm.
0: But in order to like notice the opportunity there, you had to be very clear on your values, mm-hmm. on the purpose. And you have been looking for right. this opportunity right. for a long while <laughs> yeah. now. So it's been on your mind for years. Mm-hmm. So to be focused in on something, it can be years that it's on your mind mm-hmm. and it just might not come, but then it just takes that one moment. Right. And mm-hmm. because you've continually thought about it, continually reminded yourself about who you are and the values that you have, mm-hmm. when it does come, you probably will be ready to just fire and take That's your true. shot yeah, um, because you know what you value.
2: And I think it's when you want something for so long, like regardless mm-hmm. of what it is, when you see it so close, you're like, okay, if I get beat up in the moment, if I get rejected, that's nothing compared to what I've put in the sacrifice, right? Like maybe even some of the hurt and the disappointment of asking and seeking and not receiving. So anything in this temporary moment is just that. It's Mm -hmm. temporary. And maybe it builds into my character and worst case scenario, maybe they say no, but... Hey, I could probably recommend somebody to you. Or mm. there were females yeah. in the room. The females in the room could have shot their hand up and said, Hey, let's talk mm. after this. I'd love to walk alongside yeah. you. So I think it's just also like that risk versus reward, right? It might feel uncomfortable, but what is the upside? Like, what could that reward mm-hmm. be? Because mm-hmm. I think if we just lean into discomfort for a couple of seconds, we could actually do some pretty remarkable things. <laughs> if we're just brave for five seconds, how much would our lives change?
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I'm noticing when you say time like it took time to get there or it's and I'm thinking what were the benefits of that time? Because we all like things right away, but I'm hearing it built resilience the time built up passion into you because you sure. were like, boom, like this is it. Here we go. Yeah,
0: and almost if this is so hard to find then if I do like how awesome mm. might this be too? Mm-hmm.
1: sure. Yeah. Risk reward, like you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
2: I think God is his timing is so perfect. Mm -hmm. And so everything makes sense to him when we're like, are you sure? Are you sure you didn't want to do that right now when it's on my radar? Mm. I think just being into my 30s, being probably six, seven years into my marriage, really desiring a family. I think it was just like I had worked my way into where I felt more self-aware. My emotional intelligence was more developed. My social intelligence was more developed. I had fantastic male mentors that really had come alongside me, so I wasn't void of any support. I just wasn't having one specific need met, but I still had great people pouring into me and teaching me along the way. And so I think with that time really did build... I think it did increase my desire too. Mm -hmm. And I think it just allowed me to be in a position to where when it came to be, it would also overlap when our son was born and it would overlap during a pandemic, right? And all these things that like the Lord orchestrated and allowed to happen like at the same time that in hindsight, you recognize that you see, that you say, oh, there's no way that this would have been successful three years ago in this role, in this stage of our life. Mm -hmm. But I think- When you're 25, you don't have that type of lens. You don't have that type of perspective. Mm -hmm. Probably even not when you're 30. I think it's when you're able to reflect back on certain things that, okay, there's more clarity. Things make sense. But I think if I probably had what I was seeking earlier, it probably
1: wouldn't be as fruitful as it is now. It's good.
0: Mm -hmm. 100%.
1: Before we move on from this exact area, I remember you first shared how you got into EDGE when you actually shared it to me and my whole mentor group. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to share back to you just what really stood out was that you literally left it into the Lord's hands, Mm -hmm. not a company's hands, not your own hands, but to say, at least what I remember hearing was, I, I have this child. I'm at my wits end. This isn't working for spiritual, physical, mental. Mm-hmm. Lord, I'm trusting in you for what this will be. And that's a nugget that I took away because I I don't have kids, but I do have a career. And I think it's scary. It's really scary, oh, gosh, especially yeah. when you are driven and you are wanting to be working and be a good spouse and then add something like being a mother and then we look at, there aren't that many women out there who yeah. are mentors. <laughs> like mm-hmm. So that was just super encouraging to just hear your story and your example. So, thank oh, I you. appreciate that. I will say that doesn't come easy. A little bit more
2: of my story is about six years into my career, I was working coaching. I was loving what I was doing. I had amazing clients. And I woke up the day after the Cubs won the World Series And I remember this so specifically, I'm watching these kids like live out their dream. They're going on a parade. And I felt in my soul, the Lord say, I have something better for you. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I'm pretty sure he's talking to the wrong person because Mm. everything is going well. Oh, interesting. My identity, right? Like I'm building this great career. I have all these accolades. Like things are going well. What could be better? And by the way, you didn't tell me what it was. You just You left out a big detail, God. It's like that. And I'm like, okay, I'll trust you when you let me know what the rest is. <laughs> and so I like resisted on that for a while. This was 2016 to where after a couple of weeks, I'm driving to work and I had a panic attack mm-hmm. into where I'm like, okay, the Lord is clearly trying to get my attention. I will now be obedient to you. I went into my boss and I said, this probably is not going to make sense because it does not make sense to me, but I really feel like the Lord has something better. And at the end of the year, this was like, right before Thanksgiving, I'm going to have to be obedient to what that is. Now, how do you like refute that as like a boss, right? I don't know if that's what the Lord was saying, but then that entered into beginning of 2017, what I call five months in the darkness, because I didn't hear from the Lord after that. And it was back to the basics of what is my identity? What am I Mm -hmm. putting my time and my priorities and my quote unquote like purpose in. I had been Mm -hmm. always able to put it in school, in sports, in a career when everything was stripped away and it was just me and the Lord, who am I? And so during that time, it was the most humbling, quite honestly, like some of the darkest periods of my life, but it allowed me to really have a soul reliance on Lord. I've, I've You brought me out of that situation. You brought me into an opportunity that led to the next opportunity that led to edge. And so I'm going to trust you even when the answer is not the next day, even when the answer is not the next month, because I know that deep down you don't abandon, you don't forsake, you really do have my best interests at heart. And sometimes you allow things to happen, you allow us to walk through certain Mm -hmm. things in order to produce something better, which you said all along. So when I had my son, that was like four years later. And so it was like still work that I was doing. And I won't say every day, I gladly opened up my hands and said, all right, Lord, whatever you want to do with me. But I think it's just reflecting back on that season was so hard. And it goes back to that risk versus reward or like having now such a desire, having now such a drive towards something. It's like, I put in so much work. Mm. There were so many dark days, so many lonely days, so many tear filled days. I don't want to go back there. And so how do I now work through this obedience? Because I do believe because I've seen that the Lord has what's best for me. And now I'm responsible for a little baby. So it's a
1: lot at stake.
0: Yeah, It, it doesn't make sense right no feels one feels
1: counterproductive yeah. like what this isn't right i'm right. looking for
0: opportunity here so i should probably just quit something yeah. without knowing what the next thing is. no one mm-hmm. would say that but that stripping away gave you so much space and mm-hmm. is so formational yeah and adds to those values right. and your identity right. in order to help that next opportunity right. that language is the exact language that we use for our own experience of Mm -hmm. just that that stripping and we we feel that very much where we have wanted opportunities in school Mm -hmm. go and get your masters or in work or even in our own relationship and everything Mm -hmm. but then when things get stripped down and stripped away there was only one thing left standing and that was our faith in, in christ and it was a hard season Mm -hmm. but it was so formational and i it reminded me of just a a little thing that gwen did in a devotion where it said list all the things that were stripped away and then now list what they were replaced with
1: Mm. and every single one was better yeah and it's yeah it was cool
2: that's amazing
1: Kristen, you said the word obedience a couple times. And I think as listeners, I'm always like, well, how? Like, Mm -hmm. how does this happen? Mm -hmm. And I've I've seen a theme in like my own journey and story and then hearing that it was part of yours, too. I think that ticket is obedience in the Mm -hmm. Lord. And I think that's when stuff starts working and moving. And it yeah. might take time still. Yes. Like your story of times encouraging me. It's a theme that's mm-hmm. like going through and it's not fun to wait. I'm like super impatient. I <laughs> but know. I'm like writing down oh resilience, passion, obedience, like all these cool <laughs> things that are growing with time. This yeah. Is awesome. I think that's like also <laughs> the beauty of edge groups to bring it back is
2: we so I was born in nineteen eighty nine, born early ish, middle 1990s I'm assuming for both of you Mm -hmm. so we grew up in a time where things happened very quickly because we had the internet and then we had the rise of social media and so when I'm talking to individuals that are older than millennials right gen x baby boomers and they're like millennials just can't stay at one job anymore And they're just so flighty and they just change their minds. I'm like, but you have to understand the rate at which the world that we grew up changed so quickly. Mm -hmm. So we naturally think one, that promotions happen within maybe the first six months. Or if you're telling me that I don't have a growth opportunity within 12 or 18 months, I am looking down the road to see who can potentially like satisfy that desire.
0: Honestly, like you just brought that up and I, that's been an assumed belief of mine. Right. But that's because what do you you see the highlights on LinkedIn?
2: Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, this person just got promoted, or X, or Y, or Z. And the same with social media, right? Like we see people's highlight reel. We see somebody having the best day ever. I see, I can't tell you how many times I've told my husband, I think we are the most boring parents ever (laughs) because we're not taking our son like on all these grand adventures and we're not (laughs) going to pumpkin patches and I think we're still doing okay, but like that comparison trap, right? Why aren't you
0: hiking the entire (laughs) Appalachian Trail with your son on your back? (laughs) Now
2: that he's 25 pounds, it might be a little bit more challenging. But right, like time is that thief, right? Like comparison is that thief. And while Mm -hmm. social media has allowed us to be connected to people and meet people, we probably never would have been able to. It also puts this like false sense of reality, this false hope in our minds that things happen immediately within jobs, within Mm -hmm. lives, within professional settings, and that everybody's got it all together, and we're like, no, that's not reality. But that's like the struggle that we have because we're seeing something that we aren't sure if it's real. We aren't sure if it's true because we're trying to match it against our own life. And so mm-hmm. when you come back to this concept of time, it's like I'm seeing all these people that I know, like, go on to do amazing things, get awards, get recognized. And I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do because my North star is I just want to help people. And I feel like this like bouncing around into different careers almost felt like a disappointment, almost felt like a failure because it's like, what are people going to think of me? Because I would put my worth into other people's opinion and my accomplishments. Like that was my worth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're not doing what other people are doing, when you don't have the perfect marriage, when you're not going on all the grand adventures, when your highlight reel is not matched up to everybody else's, it's hard to... Or it's easy to say, what's wrong with me? Mm. Or maybe it's me that doesn't fit in. Or maybe it's me that has a problem. And what we're trying to do, especially with an edge, is to really just strip all that down and say, hey, regardless of what you have going on, regardless of where you are, there's a space for you. There's a community for you here that you don't have to try to be who you're not or compare yourself to something else. But I think that's that's a learned skill. That's not something that yeah. I think takes place over time because we've been so conditioned to see the end to almost like expect it and to the point where I'm going to be coming up on my one-year review in March and I'm thinking about all the ways I want to grow. And Todd, if you're listening, you might be like, pump the brakes, sister. But right, like that's I think the difference mm-hmm. between these younger generations that I don't foresee leaving and, um, is this immediacy, this like really rapid pace of expecting things right away. But the beauty that I think comes with time is, I think time is just beautiful, but I think it's also recognizing that not everybody is also on this like super fast speed train, even though it looks like everybody else is and you're left behind at the station.
0: Yeah. I think that there's benefit though, too, for those mentorship relationships and having intergenerational relationships in that way, because all the people that I'm looking at as mentors or as examples, or I'd really love to be where they're at, they're maybe in their forties, fifties, some in their sixties, and they're just like to the point where they're like on top of their game. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, why do I expect it to be Bob Goff at because
1: <laughs> Bob Goff at is awesome. 27?
0: <laughs> you know, why do I think I should be John Acuff already? Uh, or yeah. any of those sort of things. They've been at this and they have been in the same areas that we've been mm-hmm. in too. And they probably would be able to say, what were they doing when they were 28?
2: Yeah. I think a, a really cool piece of, you talked about that intergenerational you know, element with edge is also the reverse mentoring component where millennials in Gen Z are able to like pour into older individuals mm. as well. Perfect example in my edge at work group, we all had various like highs and lows within our organization over the course of the year. But one of the things that we were able to share to some of the older individuals, and I'm speaking as a millennial was, you don't have to stay at an organization for three years. It's like, well, I just started and things aren't going great, but I really don't want, I really don't want that that kind of mark on my resume that I only stayed for six months. I only stayed for one year. So I think it just makes sense to stay for three years. It's not five years. I think I could stick it out for three years. And earlier this year, we unfortunately lost my husband's best friend like very oh. tragically. And things become so clear, right, in those mm. valleys. And I said, you don't know, you don't owe anybody like three years of your life, like three years. Think about three years ago, where you were, what was taking place. You don't owe that. You don't owe that to an organization. And that might be, you know, counter to what so many people believe. But I think it's just recognizing that it goes back to, I think you can advocate for what you want. There are organizations out there that are mission driven, that put priority around Mm -hmm. families and flexibility and autonomy and all those things can exist. I really do believe that they can exist. And so being able to like have Mm. that opportunity to pour into somebody that maybe their parents had one job their entire life, or maybe they have been in a role for 20 plus years and now they're transitioning to something new and it's letting them know there's a release that they can take back ownership And that's not to say that everybody should go out and be job hoppers, but I think it's just recognizing like we have, I think, evolved and we have progressed and there's been more emphasis now on relational opportunities and no more of like transactional work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been really cool to be able to like impart that on some of the mentors as well, because that's not the message that they were told when they were our age.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's really good. Oh, this is like, we could probably go on for another two hours, honestly. My son's (laughs)
2: asleep. I think we're all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we are probably going to need to wrap it up a little bit. So just at the end here, what things, questions that you wish that we may have asked that we did not?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I would obviously be totally remiss if I didn't say that, Edge, we are growing. We have such a need right now. And that our mentors are found all across the country. They're actually now found like all across the globe. Gwen, you have a woman from London in your group. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And it's been fantastic to see our growth, but our mentor base has not grown as fast as our mentee base. And so we are constantly looking for more mentors. And as we continue to grow, You know, the age of mentors will continue to get younger and younger because we'll start to pack the 20 to 24-year-olds into the mix, and a 32-year-old can absolutely mentor a 20-year-old. And so I would be remiss to say, if you're listening to this, and you're in the 35 years plus, you have a relationship with Jesus, and you have a yearning in your heart to pour into future generations, please email me at kristen at edgementoring.org. Or go to our website, which is edgementoring.org, to receive some additional information because we have really big goals. Our our mission is global, really to connect people, to grow together, to live in community with one another. And in order to do that, we need more mentors because they are the backbone of what we do.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. And that's how people contact you. All right. Yeah. That that was my next question. Yes. So you're if that's question. you, go ahead and and contact Kristen and and let her know. And like we were saying before, you probably have what it takes to be a mentor. You
2: absolutely do. I, I just had a woman who I used to work with. She's amazing. Allie, if you're listening to this, I'm talking about you right now. She reached out and she said, I would love to do this, but... I am not qualified. Oh, I would just, I'm just not there. I'm not ready. And I'm like, I know your heart. I, I, mm-hmm. I know because I've seen how well you are, with how beautiful you are with your kids, how kind you are to your colleagues. If it's about potentially needing some resources, like I've got that. If it's around having somebody to encourage you, we've also got a community for that. So mm-hmm. I think it's just people feeling like I have to have it all together. I have to have all the answers or maybe I have to have walked through these really impressive life experiences. And that's not the case at all. Like the Lord has given all of us a story and the purpose being to impact people because everybody's story has impact regardless of the personal or the professional accomplishments. So if you're like, is this right for me? I want to do it. I'm just not sure if I'm ready. Allow that prompting to allow you to reach out and have a conversation. And maybe it's time, availability, desire isn't quite right. But if you're already there of thinking like, is this right for me? Again, just low risk. Take the step. What's the worst that could happen?
0: Exactly. I love that. Uh, This has been really fun.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Oh,
0: It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for agreeing to to come on. It's really helpful. And I I think that we're helping listeners to, to gain more opportunities. So Thanks for listening and uh, join us next time as we gain more opportunity in your personal and professional life.